Welcome everyone to our weekly discussion show. And so this today's topic and this week's discussion topic is going to be piggybacking off of something that we talked in episode 30, which did drop on Wednesday. You guys should uh, all go check that out. It was a great show between me and Blake. But what we did, uh, what we did discuss is we're talking about UFC 249. And within talking about UFC 249, Blake was saying that we should just postpone the card. It's not worth having right now. And instead, we take a few months uh, off of pay-per-views and other fight events and just try to write this thing out, try to see if uh, the whole coronavirus pandemic is slowed down enough where we can have these live events and have an audience in, in, the, uh, in the arenas and be able to put on the typical pay-per-view event. And once it, when this does happen, since we're not going to fighting for a few months, when we have this return card, it is going to be a fairly stacked card, and it's going to be fights that we've all been waiting for, and it's fights that we can finally make happen. And it's a fight not only to reward the fighters for the wait, but to reward the fans for sticking with us and uh, sticking with the UFC. And what we did is that we filled out, we predict what this main event is going to look like. We give you five fights, and we're going to tell you exactly how this supposed Main uh, pay-per-view would look like if we do take that break and we get back to fighting. Today, I'm joined by Blake Campbell, once again, fourth and long UFC correspondent and fourth and long co-host Jalen Johnson records to the mic for this show. Fellas, how you feeling with this one? I think I think we got this. Oh yeah, I-, I think we nailed this. But rolling on into what this main event would look like, the first five night, the first card that would open up. That main card is going to be Blake's favorite. It's going to be a bantamweight fight between Sugar Sean O'Malley. And now he's going to be taking a step into the top 15 by t- fighting a top 14, uh, the 14th ranked fighter, Marlon Vera. Blake, take it away. Yeah, we uh, we kind of went back and forth on this fight before we got on, on to recording this podcast. But uh, I, th- I felt like it was a good fit here because, in my opinion, he's just... You know, I've said it many times before. He's he's a budding star. He hasn't hit his full star potential yet, but I feel if you put him on the right, you know, uh, on the right card in the right moment, and he shines, gets another TKO, gets another vicious KO victory or something like that, that could explode him into into superstardom. And then the UFC has another cash cow on their hands. So I thought that it would be a really cool way to kind of open up the first main because we're talking about we're only doing main card. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first pay-per-view that comes back. So I think that this would be a really cool fight to open up on the main, uh, the main card. He has a lot of hype. He's delivered on his last few fights. So, I mean, why not just keep the train rolling? You know, I really like that. I think a part of the sentiment is his first fight, that return fight he had in the last pay-per-view, he was the main event of the prelims and he had a phenomenal showing in that fight. Uh, when you by knockout was it like four minutes in the into the first round. Somewhere yeah, it was pretty there. quick. It was it was quick and it was really good showcase himself of um, getting back into the swing of things after that um, two year suspension from Usada. He, Sugar Sean, he's not in the prelims anymore. They put him in the prelims with that one. It is a main event that prelims. Just because it's his return fight, he's going to have a lot of hype. But also a performer like him is going to be a great way to get that last-minute kind of buys into the their pay-per-view. Because, of course, the prelims are free, so they want to kind of have good fights on that to advertise, get more people to buy it at the last second. Great way to do that. But also, with that performance, he was um, he, you could argue that he was a main carter before that return fight. But now he's, without a doubt, a main carter. And there's no way... That he, I don't think he's on another prelim again, pretty much for the foreseeable future, maybe the rest of his career. Because this is a guy that a lot of people are predicting that is going to be a future champion, is going to be one of the bigger draws in the UFC potentially. And this is one of the guys that is supposed to take this fighting game by storm. And so to have him open up the this main card against his first top 15 opponent, I think it's a great spot for him to be in. Definitely. Yeah. I think my, my thing with Sugar Sean right now is I think I would like I know it's still early on in his career. I think I would prefer to see him move up a weight to 135. I kind of want to see him over there at the featherweights. See how he goes against guys like uh, 
Max Holiday, uh, Holloway and all them. Uh, that's kind of like the, the way I see his skill set and stuff. I think it's a little bit more exciting because, like, don't get me wrong, one one twenty five is good weight. It's it, it's a strong division, um, and now I think it's taking time to get back to that strong. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think one thirty five is kind of I think a might be a little bit better for him, especially pay per view buys wise and stuff like really that. For so. him. I think one thirty five. He is at one thirty five. Yeah, not one phantom weight. My bad. One forty-five. Yes, yes, that's my bad. I, I was trying to think of it in my head. I was like, something sounds wrong here. One forty-five. I like to see him at one forty-five. That that one thirty-five. I mean, one yes, one thirty-five. <laughs> is it's a really good division for him right now. I think he can win a belt there, but I think if he really wants to, you know, kind of get that boost in his fan base and stuff like that. I, I think he if he moves up a division, goes to the 145ers, where there there are some dogs in that 145 pound division. If he goes up there and handles his own against them, I think that'd be the best case scenario for his career, uh, per se. I think definitely I wouldn't put him on like 145 for this upcoming card. I don't think I would do that yet. I think we need to see him at least win a belt. And then mm-hmm. I think after he wins a belt, he kind of needs to pull a Connor and like do like a, a belt versus belt for 145, something like that. But I think I would love to see him at 145 at some point. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, I think he's a good fan that band to wait. Blake, you kind of agree with this whole sentiment? Uh, I mean, I think it's way too early for him to be moving up to to 145. I mean, he's still he's still perfectly fine in 135. I mean, it's the division that he feels natural in. Uh, he doesn't have a hard time cutting down to that weight. And he's a bigger guy in that division, so why not kind of keep that size and yeah, reach advantage I, I don't mean, that he can have over those guys. Soon. I'm saying after like, you know, belt and like maybe a couple defenses. So this is way later down. Yeah, I'm talking about just like talking. later in his sure. career. I'm not talking okay. about like okay. yeah. pay-per-views from now. I'm talking about later gotcha. on in his career. Mm-hmm. Like not like too late. Like some people That's do fair. it too late. But I, oh, I yeah. think after a couple of fights, maybe even mm-hmm. if it's like a title shot, even if he wins or loses it, I think he should try the 145 waters. All right. That's fair. Uh, what the fight to follow this up though would be is you'll see within these next four fights where we're kind of going with this is going to be a card that's going to take place after a few months uh, without fighting. So this card has to have payoffs. And what better way to have payoffs than between guys that have bad blood between each other. And so this second fight is one of the biggest, if not the biggest bad blood fight right now besides maybe besides the Ferguson in Habib. Maybe it rivals one of the other fights we have up here as well. But this is going to be a flyweight um, bout. Be- sorry, featherweight bout between number two ranked Brian Ortega and number four ranked Chan Sung Jung or the Korean Zombie. Now, this is a fight where they're actually going to have to fight each other in the octagon and not just have Ortega go after some dude's translator and some wannabe rapper. He, so mean, he's not really a wannabe rapper. You know what I'm saying? He's a K-pop star. You know what I'm saying? K-pop star. Don't get us canceled by a whole bunch of teenage female girls, man. Bro. <laughs> we need the biggest audience we can get. Oh, uh, we can't put this on Twitter now because we, we know that uh, there's some rapid fans. We're going uh, to get the K-pop I people. I don't know the guy's name, but I know he's in K-pop. <laughs> and I know He's in K-pop. He's oh, boy. I know, I know teenage girls love him. We I'm just opened sure. up a can of worms. <laughs> That's going to be the end of us already, huh? You just opened up the death trap, the the unwritten rule podcast. Never talk bad about K-pop. Damn it. Well, that's it, folks. We're going to wrap K-pop up after this one. Hey, we're well, we calling it quits. We, we, we know, we know why that fight would be interesting, though, because this is like, let's just highlight it real quick. Yes. They were already scheduled to fight. Mm-hmm. A pullout happened. That already gets people pissed off. They miss out on money. The uh, accusations yeah, start accusations start flying around and for whatever reason korean zombie has been a lot more active on social media in the in the most in the uh recent times well, has than he has been, in the past has a guy that has not zombie active on social media or has it been his manager and translator? that's what i'm saying it, that's what i'm saying a guy that doesn't speak <laughs> english fluently has been a lot more active on social media with english only captions and nah. so it's been suspect to say the least and then follow so, that up the most recent pay-per-view, we get a K-pop star that's slapped in the face by an MMA fighter, you know, who just so happens to yeah. be Brian Ortega, and the K-pop star 
is a Korean dude, obviously, who is homies with Korean zombies. So, I mean, boom, it's already huge. Mm-hmm. So I'm already like, man, these guys need to punch each other in the face. My, my best take on that whole situation was Joe Rogan when he said that guy doesn't speak English. What could he have said to piss <laughs> off Brian Ortega? <laughs> yeah, like it's it's the it's the weirdest beef, but like somehow it satisfies. It like works. it'll satisfy. No, and, yeah. and this is one thing. Brian Ortega's last fight was a while ago. What wasn't his last fight? That scrap against uh, Max Holloway. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Which was that was it was like a it's like over a year ago now, but that fight was phenomenal and stuff. Oh, that was Brian Ortega's first loss in his career. I was this was the late December um, fight night in South Korea um, that this fight was supposed to happen with. Brian Ortega pulled out. Then you had um, Chan Sung Jung. He was a, he got pulled. Um, Sorry, I'm blanking on this one, but to say what I was going to say is that or that this fight was so hyped, so anticipated, at least maybe not the casuals, but all the people that really knew what these guys can bring to the table, everyone wanted to see this scrap between the two because we knew it was going to be a, in my, my band bloodbath, it was going to be something phenomenal inside the octagon. And yeah. it's, this is a beef that's been building, as you said, Blake, and I think it's time to have, once they can finally put each other in the octagon, and not in the, the the back area of arenas, not against uh, a, a rapper and his, his friend. I'm talking about putting these two fires together. K-pop star, Ross, come on. Jesus, he's not a rapper. K- K-pop, son. K-pop. The K-pop star. Damn, we're in America. We, we, this well, American That's why we call we it K-pop. Rappers. It'd just be pop if we weren't in America. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, my point is, put these two in the octagon have them try to murder each other inside the octagon, and let's see who gets their hand raised at the end. I want to see this fight. I want yep. to see Korean Zombie knock Brian Ortega out with an upward elbow and then call out Yair Rodriguez. Why <laughs> stop at the upward elbow? We know what else is in Chan Sung Jung's arsenal. Why would he call out Yair Rodriguez? That's right, he knocked him out. With yeah. the upward elbow. Oh, dude, I was like, wait, he already beat him, and I was like, wait, no, he didn't. <laughs> right, I knocked his ass out in the last seconds. That's right. I totally forgot about that for a second. Hey, the first thrown punch, Korean zombie should land a slap. <laughs> first yeah, throw should be the stalked slap. and slap. Just slap, him. Just slap, hey. just slap hey, the Korean K-pop slap him. <laughs> the K-pop slap. Give him the K-pop slap. We're a culture out here, guys. We know about K-pop. Follow us, man. We know K-pop. Dang, dang. All Hell those yeah. songs. Hey, wait till we finna release a diss album on all the K-pop star. Watch. <laughs> Maybe not. Third Maybe fight not of the night. <laughs> Let's move away from the K-pop, shall we? Let's. Right. We've had bantamweight now. We've had featherweight. Let's move into one of two alterweight scraps of the night. This is something that wasn't really supposed to happen. It, it was supposed to be uh, a couple weeks ago. It was supposed to be UFC London. Leon Edwards. Tyron Tyron Woodley. This is Tyron Woodley is the number one ranked fighter in, in the welterweights. Where we have Leon Leon Edwards number four. This is going to be one hell of a scrap. This is going to be Leon Edwards' home country. He's going to have he's supposed to have this giant crowd behind him. Obviously that fell through. Uh, but what happened uh, during the lead up to this is that Leon didn't want to fight, but Woodley and uh, so wanted to scrap. And then the guy who stepped in to talk about this and to try to save the card. And now they're trying to help. They're trying to see if they can lend their talents to help save UFC 249 is number one ranked Tywin Woodley, as I mentioned. And the guy who stepped in is number two ranked Colby Covington, guy who's obviously not uh, not not shy when it comes to comes talking uh, about not some stuff. He has a very no. big mouth. Uh, when it's not wired shut, that is. But not anymore, anymore. <laughs> well, no, no. He said that. It, well, he said it was broken. It, then he goes and says it wasn't broken. And then who it goes with pretty, this guy? It looked pretty broken to me. It, it, <laughs> I ain't no doctor. I ain't no doctor. But nobody sits there with their jaw dangling like that in a fight. <laughs> and, not quite. And it says my jaw's not, not broken. Quite. <laughs> if we're, so, of course, we're assuming 249 is going to happen. So, let's – everyone wants this fight. I, I haven't talked to someone. I haven't seen anyone on Twitter who doesn't want to see these two go out there. We have a number one against a number two for the number one contender. 
And it would be a phenomenal fight between the two. I think stylistically, it's a great matchup. I think personality-wise, it's a great matchup. It, it is two guys that got beef now, so it's going to be a fiery matchup. And I think now. you put <laughs> Yeah, right? So... <laughs> I, that that's why we want to see this fight. You guys have um, sentiments about this one? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been wanting to see this fight for a while now. Back when Woodley was still the champion, I wanted to see this fight. And Covington had won the interim title. I wanted to see this fight. So this fight's been coming, I feel like, a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, that, I think that it fits well on this card just because, you know, we want to have as many good, well-skilled people on the mics that we can. And I think the build up to this fight, you know, we're not, we're probably not going to have uh, as much of a lead up. So it will take a lot of talent and, uh, you know, natural skills, I think, to kind of draw a bigger audience to uh, this card. So I think that Covington versus Woodley would, would be a great way to have some natural, you know, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's, it's not, it's not fake, you know, like this is real beef. This is beef that's been brewing in the pot, you know. They've been marinating this. Blood. Yeah, it's this not. It's not artificial. Nah, this isn't some people trying to promote a fight. This isn't. What what was it? No was additives. it Fisting and in GSP that had the fake beef going into their fight to yeah, try to hype it up a little bit. That was weird. <laughs> that was just weird. Oh geez, I, mean, I don't know. Fisting still was. made it work though, because he would, because it just oh. he's so damn funny. But, well, because, but if GSP it was weird. Yeah, GSP trying to trying to force that he actually is angry with someone coming from a guy that his one of his biggest insults of all time was telling someone, "I am not impressed by your performance." Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. I am not impressed by your performance. We're <laughs> we're not buying the beef from him, but with a guy like Colby Covington, Tywin Woodley, we could buy the beef. Not only if they're trying to make it seem like they got beef, but these dudes actually have beef. Long time they in the making, and. I think great middle of the road fight right there. Keeping the energy up through the card. Because next, the fight we're probably going to have to have. If you're going to have that Walter Wade fight right there. This is going to be, it was number one against number two. Obviously, that's going to be for the number one contender. So, what better way to follow up the number one contender spot for the Walter Wade fight. By having the Walter Wade championship fight. And seeing which, which winner of the, the first fight and the second fight. See uh, who's going to be fighting each other in a number of months after this. So this is been in the talks. This is also another thing that has been trying to put on this presumably cursed UFC 249 card that we don't even know if it's still going to happen. According to Dan, it is. We have no idea where it's going to happen. It is called UFC 249.5 just so it doesn't get cursed again. You know what? Whatever works at this point, do we have to like, like go to a witch doctor or something like that to get the little curse taken off? Just put UFC asterisk two forty nine. That's Ooh. <laughs> so it's not actually. I like, yeah, but um, this is fight that has been all but confirmed. This is a fight that is going to happen. It's just a when and a where. There is no if anymore. And this is the Kamaru Usman fight against Jorge Masvidal. Usman mm. is. The, the guy that took the jaw away from Colby Covington back in December. Jorge mm-hmm. Masdal, a guy that who was my fighter of the year in 2019, the guy that pretty much saved his career with one flying knee mm-hmm. is, is what he did right there. And there's still bad blood. We remember bad blood. Uh, Woodling Covington, Brian or-, or going back to Brian Ortega, Chan Sung Jung, they had at least their crew had an altercation in the back. Of arena. Now we have a guy like Kamar Usman and Hori Mazadal that have had a. We'll, we'll put scrap in quotation marks. They had like a little altercation, a little shoving match at Super Bowl in, in Media Row. A yelling match, not even a shoving match. They had an altercation in Media Row from Super Bowl um, 53. And I think it's time to have this fight. What better time to have it on a card like this? In my opinion, I think, and you guys might not agree, you guys might agree, I think Kamaru Usman is the most underrated champion in the UFC roster right now. I feel like a lot of people look past him and the other people around him and in that division, and like people are more like, oh, Jorge Masvidal, the Tyron Woodley, the Colby Covingtons, they like them because they talk. 
And Kamaru Usman, up to this point, before like the Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal thing, they kind of made him talk. Before this, it was kind of more just he called people out, he fought people, he made his way up to the top. And he's kind of destroyed people up to this point. And I feel like it's very underrated of how he's gone through people in the division. Like even like he's won a couple I mean he's won a good amount by decision, but like if you look at the other guy after the decision, they just look like drained and he looks like he can go a whole another like five rounds. You know what? I'm I'm not gonna argue um I'm not gonna argue with you on that one. I think well maybe I'll argue a little bit. He might not be the most underrated. I think the most underrated is Henry Cejudo. I don't think enough people give enough credit for it, but Usman, you definitely have a point with Kamar Usman. He's boring, but man, that guy's, he, he's just a winner at the end of the day. I feel like most of his fights, I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't say boring. Well, but no, I would not say his fights, more... but at least yeah, his, yeah, yeah. His, his talking. Yeah, pers- he's yeah. outside the octagon as a person. I, he yeah, can't I promote like, the fight for crap. Like his talking he cannot more... pro- no, it's very straightforward. It's just like I'm gonna punch your face, and you're not gonna be able to do anything about it. And he's a like, real businessman. He, <laughs> yeah, he, Usman's personality. Blake, uh, I don't know if uh, you could probably agree on this. He's more old school, where they didn't have this giant lip. There's not a bunch of trash talking. It's two dudes that they're putting together, and they're going to smash each other's faces in, and then have mm-hmm. a winner. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that works against Usman is he's just not the most exciting fighter to watch all the time. And his Covington fight, that that was what That's I think shocker. everybody was waiting for. You know, like he he really had his shining moment. I felt like, and that, and not to take anything away from his Woodley performance, but that still that just wasn't really an entertaining fight to me. It was just he was just kind of, he he just performed really well, but mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. wasn't fun to watch. Yeah, um, and there is a difference. There is a difference between those two. Yeah, the Woodley fight. I feel like it was more. I feel like people kind of underrated the fight. I feel like people were kind of like, oh, this is a boring fight. But for like the non-casual, just straight up people in MMA in general, they were just in awe of how he just pretty much he dominated. was a very dominant mm-hmm. champ. And well, Blake, he made to, him look like nothing. Yeah, but yeah, to Blake, Blake's him. points, there's a difference between being entertaining and being dominant. You can say that for literally 99.9% of Habib Nurmagomedov's fights. They're not entertaining. It, but it is, for, but from a performance standpoint, it is very impressive. It's impressive on just yeah. how dominant he is. But Absolutely. It, yeah, no, that, I think that's a great example. Like, I love your point about that. I totally agree. I know this isn't realistic, but I would love to say Kamaru Usman at least wrestle against uh, Habib at some point because they're both their wrestling. They're like they're I'm they're sure pressure. They, I'm sure they already have. Before. They have the same manager. <laughs> yeah, I know they have. So I'm like, but I want to see it. <laughs> I know we need to have. get him in the uh, in the ring. Uh, Chael Sonnen doesn't he have a what? The damn, underground. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that isn't it submission underground? Submission yeah, underground. Yeah. Have a have a little uh, have a little bout. I, I know Wait, celebrity two, bout. They, they would never talk bad about each other, so we no, don't know who's their one. family. But I know so one of them is probably destroying the other, and they just don't talk about it because they're family. But I'm I, gonna I, go I really the one that wrestled a bear when he was a kid. I know, but Usman's big. <laughs> Dude, you know how much Khabib cuts? He's huge, too. Yeah, but... Does he really cut that much? Yeah, I just... I forget Dude, He walks around like the 200s, I heard. There's no way. No, right? no he, walks around, he walks around like 200. Jeez! That's, that's... How the hell if does you, he make that cut? If you, if you look at him in his face during fights, or not fights, but like weigh-ins and stuff like that, and you look at him on a normal basis, you can see the 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 big difference of weight. And I feel like that's why people people don't realize uh, Kamaru Usman's cut is because he doesn't look that much smaller because he's a muscly dude. But like he's 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 a big. He walks around pretty pretty freaking big. He walks around to I forget. He said something about it too. I have to look that up. But Kamaru Usman walks around. I didn't think like to he's some he's like heavyweight. He walks around like a heavyweight. That's that's wild to me. But uh, again, back to the fight. What would you guys see most? Why? What, what would most excite you for this Usman and Masvidal fight? I think Masvidal is just—he's earned his dues in this sport. You know, he's—he had a phenomenal 2019. Let's put him up there and give him the title shot, give him his shining moment, you know, and let him have his chance at glory. It's a great—I think it's a great showcase between two guys that are both supremely talented in different areas, and. 
it's a it's a classic matchup of a guy that's going to be you know more superior in you know clinch work and ground game and then a guy that and and, and just overall probably octagon control and then a guy that's going to have the you know penchant for knocking somebody out so i think it would be really interesting for everybody and um, again masvidal super talented on the microphone usman yeah we'll see but I think Masvidal would make it interesting and all the people that would be around him, like, let's just recap now. We'll have Woodley and Covington there. Masvidal doesn't like those two very much. Mm-mm. You know, we're going to have Brian Ortega the and, division and likes Jung. That's great. Sean O'Malley <laughs> and Marlon Vera are going to be there. So I already like all the people that we have so far. These, Man, these just seem like a bunch of personalities. Alone. That'd be fire. And right? that, wouldn't it, we're wouldn't not even talking great? about who's in our main event, too. Would it, wouldn't, would it be great? If uh, oh yeah, we haven't talked about who's in our main event. I'll, That's what I'll, I'll I'm saying. My, That's why I want to do save a recap. my comment. I'll That's save fair. my comment after okay. <laughs> we, we say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Blake, you recap. Just the guys. Just the guys we got on this list in personalities: Sugar Sean, Brian Ortega, Chan Sung Jun's friend, um, the K-pop dude, K-pop dude, uh, Woodley Covington, Usman Mazdal, and to the coup de gras to this card to really put the bow on the top of the present. The cherry on top of the ice cream sundae. Okay. The you guys thing actually that put cherries on top of your ice cream sundaes? I, I don't. I kind of just well, take it off if it's there. Well, to be fair, I can't remember the last time I had an ice cream sundae. Now I That's really fair. want one. Me too. I'm probably oh, I usually go with the milkshake. Milkshakes. Oh, yeah, the milkshake's always a good one. Milkshake. I love and, I the mil- like and to your point, the milkshake always has a cherry on top. Yeah, exactly. Milkshake the milkshake has, always has a cherry uh, top. But the milkshake the has to have the whipped cream and the cherry. Has to. It's a must. And also, if it's really fancy, first or after? you have the chocolate drizzle over the whipped cream. Some oh, chocolate yeah. flakes, bro. Oh, yeah. chocolate flakes. Have you guys tried the the mocha <laughs> shake from a uh, Smash Burger? You guys I, have to try. There's no Smash Burger, but there's oh, a there's happy no Smash Burger. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's get back on topic. Bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> A little yeah. off topic. For dessert, I had yogurt in the protein bar. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> so what's the main event? <laughs> The the main event, what I'm saying, the main event. This is going to be. We're we're assuming here we were. Uh, it's going to be a while until Habib Nurmagomedov can fight again, but we're still going to have a Tony Ferguson scrap. But Tony Ferguson is not going to be fighting Habib. He's not going to be fighting Justin Gaethje. He's not going to be fighting uh, Dustin Poirier. He is going to be fighting the notorious one, the number three ranked light lightweight fighter in the world, Connor. McGregor, as we were alluding to, this press conference would be off the hook, and then mm-hmm. you throw a guy like just just a unhinged lunatic psychopath, Tony Ferguson, on the mic, who we never know <laughs> what we're going to get from him. And we we do kind of know what we're going to get from Conor McGregor when he, when he gets on the mic, but it's amazing well, every single time yet. he says something. We, we don't, don't know based off the of last. We don't know if he's going to go with that nice Conor again. Or if he's going back, oh, that's but right. la- lately on Twitter with the last Tony Ferguson and Habib stuff, we've seen a lot of old Connor, oh, yeah. Connor like talking wise. Well, well Connor. old Connor, what happened today is when Habib was doing his whole Instagram live thing. <laughs> Connor McGregor <laughs> let said, "Let me join in." <laughs> so that I think might be the return of the old Connor McGregor. But Blake, this was something we were talking about in last week's discussion show: uh, possible dream fights. Your your realistic current dream fight. Is Ferguson and McGregor in here? I think we're gonna get it. So, if this is your dream fight, tell us, tell us again why you want it to be a dream fight and just why this should be the main event over a championship fight. It's always a tough call when you have a McGregor who's not a champion and you have actual champions because the UFC is notorious for always favoring the champions in the main events over the other, you know, even fighters that might be a bigger draw, but just don't have a belt currently. The the only problem is Conor McGregor is at this point now to where he's his own entity. Basically he's, he's his own, you know, uh, he's, he's just his own supernova. So he can kind of say like, you know, I'm not going to be anything less than the main event. And if this was going to happen, realistically, Conor is going to be the main event. So the reason I want to see this fight between Ferguson and and McGregor, I think it's just really important to the lightweight rankings still. If the Habib and Ferguson fight can't happen, 
then this is this is definitely the second best. This the is next best thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is like one. I would say Ferguson and Habib is one A, and this is B. McGregor versus Ferguson is one B, because this is I'd say this is potentially going to be a way more entertaining fight. I mean, these are two guys yeah. that are not going to be scared to stand up, uh, stand up and throw down. So I don't, I don't think there's going to be too many takedowns in this fight. You know what I mean? Not at all. No, there, <laughs> there might be some shoulders. There might be some kicks. There's going to be blood. Some elbows. That's for damn sure, oh, some yeah, elbows. <laughs> and it's probably yeah, going to be Connor first. <laughs> Honestly, I Jim, don't even know. <laughs> yeah, Jim, what, your, your take on this fight, man. What, why do you think that this would be the the one B fight to do and a great alternative to that Habib Ferguson fight. I think this is more of the skill, the matchup. They're both strikers, but it's kind mm-hmm. of the one thing that has kind of been Ferguson's, I wouldn't say issue, but biggest problem is he does get rocked, but he's fast at recovering. And I said this before in one of our older shows is – Connor's pressure, even when we saw in the Cowboy fight, even though that was a very short fight, Connor put it on Cowboy. After he stunned him, he was right there. And Ferguson, he's mm-hmm. good at getting away and kind of getting that distance to where he can recover. But Connor is reaching distance and controlling the ring. And if mm-hmm. he does stun Ferguson, I don't 100% know if Ferguson will be able to get away or if Connor's going to like. Keep him right there in front of him and piece him up and finish him there. Or Ferguson's going to land in the big, and then we have a big back and forth. You, there's so many ways it can go. Ferguson takes him to the ground and tries to take him on down there. I don't think that, in my opinion, I don't think that'll work. I think Connor. It's very underrated how good Connor handled Habib's wrestling for the most part in that fight. That's fair. I feel mm-hmm. like it's very underrated, and people will say Habib is the best wrestler, and probably in the UFC right now. And oh, so yeah. I I don't I don't really I'm not really afraid of Ferguson or anybody else other than Habib taking Connor down. So I think mm-hmm. it have to be Ferguson would have to stand up, and that's what makes this fight so interesting is they both have to stand up. Yeah, that's a very fair point. I would love to see this fight not only for the implications, of course, because this is obviously going to be between a guy that has been booked against Habib five times now and has not fought five times now and you have a guy who has fought Habib once and has lost got tapped out but both these guys absolutely despise and hate uh, and I, I think Connor has a bigger beef with him just because it may be a little more outspoken for um is more of like a personal thing Ferguson's mm-hmm. beef with him is probably a little more pro- professional just because I haven't been able to fight that's like one of the biggest points in aspects to their whole uh their whole rivalry i'm not trying to put down i'm not trying to put down the welterweight division but why this would be a main event is because i think well this is real the ufc it, it, over the past couple of years whether we like it or not has gone away from rankings has gone away from titles and it's all about money this fight is going to sell more. You you can't tell me that Mazdal and Usman for the welterweight strap is going to outsell and outpromote a lightweight fight, not title fight between Ferguson and McGregor. You can't tell me that. You can't make the argument because you, you just can't. It's not an argument. There's no footing for that. This anything Conor McGregor is going to make more money. But when you throw Ferguson into that equation as well. That's going to make even more money. So really the thing is why some people, a lot of people wouldn't like the fact that a non-title fight is main eventing over a title fight. But let's be realistic, guys. It's the UFC. It's Dana White. Dana White is the best president in all sports, but it's about the money. It's about the money. And that's that's, that's why this whole thing would happen, you know? But for sure, there is a top five, right? But before we wrap up, I just want, since this is all hypothetical, and if it's hypothetical, we might as well give our damn predictions on who's winning these fights, okay? So one thing, one last thing for the, yeah, one last thing for the, we were talking about the press conference before we mentioned Connor. I was going to say, when we put the icing on top of the cake, 
And then that cherry too is Connor O'Malley says something, and Connor says, "Who the fuck is that?" (laughs) (laughs) Perfect, perfect, perfect press conference. He says that. Man, yeah, no, no, no. That before we got that great point, that press conference, let alone the fights for this. But let's just talk about the short lead up and the press conference for this card. It would be the greatest press conference in the history of UFC. It'd be it'd be the best thing ever. Just a just alone. If we don't even need the other four fights, but if we just have Ferguson and McGregor talking on the mic to each other, <laughs> that might be as good as damn fight itself. <laughs> but let's go through one to five to wrap this thing up. Sugar Sean Lamalley versus number fourteen Marlon Vera. Who's winning? Sugar. Sugar. Jalen. I think we have a little freeze with him, but he's probably going to say Sugar. I'm in Kobo now. Is Sugar's winning that? I'm going to go Sugar with that one as well. Second fight, Ortega, Chan Sung Jun, the Korean zombie. It's a little harder one. Blake. This one's hella hard. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, it's a hard one, right? <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, man, I'm going to go with the uh, Korean zombie. Mm, okay. That's a good choice. Nice to have you back, Jalen. Uh, yeah, cut out there for a second. This one. <laughs> um, I don't. I we, think we chose sugar for you, by the way. Yeah, yeah. no, I was, I was gonna go sugar. I'm glad you chose. <laughs> yeah, that's you. Yeah. Um, yes. my, this is a hard one, though. My pick. I think I would have to go Korean Zombie for this one, just because it's, I think uh, Korean Zombie kind of has that same pressure that Holloway had against Ortega. That kind of stunted uh, yeah. Ortega. So I kind of think that same pressure, if Ortega hasn't changed up his game plan from last time, I think Zombie takes this one. And I think Zombie has a little bit more power than Holloway. I think uh, he'd probably be able to okay. pull away uh, Ortega a little bit faster. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you guys as much as I would love to say Korean Zombie. Man, and Ortega, he's a bad, bad mofo right there. He's a guy. He's a scrapper. He's a hardcore fighter. And this guy can take a lick. Uh, he, he can... He can get punched a lot, and we saw in the Holloway fight, he can get punched a lot. He could bleed a lot, but he'll still have that power in the late rounds. I think unless Korean Zombie busts out of the twister, Brian Ortega would take this one. But mm-hmm. never know. That twister's always on board as well, it seems yes. like. Oh, I loved it. Twisters are fun. That's that's the funnest way to see a fight finish. The first besides, time I saw a twister, I was like, what, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't. Man, I haven't. I haven't been putting a twister, but I feel like a correctly applied twister would it, hurt the hell hurts. out of your back it and just hurts. entire body. Third yeah, fight, we're going to have the welterweight scrap. Number one, Tywan Woodley, and number two, Colby Covington, who's taking this one, boy. Okay. Okay, man. If no one wants to talk. I'll step in. Because <laughs> Colby Covington is taking this fight. He's going to take it on the mic, and he's going to take it on that canvas inside those. Inside that steel cage, it's going to Colby. You can't his, his pressure. Colby Covington might have the best pressure in all of Second. UFC. I think if he if he didn't get knocked out late in that Kamar Usman fight, late in the fifth round, I think he was going to win that fight. So I think Colby he's going to be able to take this one against Woodley. I'm sure, you guys disagree. I, I I think Woodley could win it if he lands that kind of big shot. Um, but I think if it goes to the cards, I think it goes. It's either gonna go the same exact way the Kamaru Usman fight went for Woodley, or Woodley's gonna knock him out. That that's how I see it going. It's either gonna be a Woodley okay. knockout, or it's gonna be Colby just holding on to him and take that. And what you guys say, Blake? I I think that the more likely situation, the more likely uh, outcome for this fight is Covington um, winning by decision. Just because mm-hmm. I think that he's going to be able to push the pace and and mix it up well enough to kind of have a similar game plan that Leon Edwards had. I mean, you can't discredit yeah. Covington. He is a world-class fighter. That guy knows how to employ his game plan to his benefit and stick to it and also can adapt I mean, you can to hate on the fly. The guy, but you got to respect the guy. At yeah, the yeah. He's, world, he's world-class. And so I think the most likely scenario would be him cruising to a decision or, like you said, Jalen, I, I do agree. Woodley always has that knockout power. Puncher's chance. He has that yeah. puncher's yeah. chance. So you never know. I mean, he could he could go out there and just smoke Covington in the first round, you know? 
You never I know. I think the only way he would Woodley would win by decision is if he kind of just stunned Colby and then kind of just stayed on him. But Col- Colby's a tough dude, so I think Colby would stay in it. But uh, I, I think the only way he would win by decision is if he kind of just stunned him a couple of times and kept staying on him. That's a, a high-level fight, though. That's a really yeah, high-level fight. Dude, I mean, these, most of these fights are going to be, would be phenomenal. Most of them are going to be toss-ups. Uh, if all of them are toss-ups, maybe all of them are toss-ups besides the Sugar Sean, where he has yeah. a, a noticeable chance. But um, the, the co-main of the night is going to be the for the Welterweight Championship, um, Kamaru Usman and Jorge Maz and... We're going to have a new welterweight champion in the world. Jorge Masvidal is taking this one. He's going to be riding that momentum. He's going to be riding that giant wave ever since he took Ben asked Jorge Masvidal is walking out with strap. No? I don't know about no, that one. I, see on I think faces. I'm going to have to, see gonna have to severely disagree with that one because <laughs> I think Maru Usman is... I think he's coming on right now. I think it, he's yeah. kind of having his his kind of upward trajectory now where Still. he's he's probably just going to yeah, have a little bit of time of dominating people. I it's going to be really tough for for Masvidal to go in there and just smoke yeah. a guy like Usman. Usman's a big dude. He can I mean you could tell that last fight with Covington. Covington hit mm-hmm. him a lot of times and, and hard. He hit Usman him was hard. good. He's all good. He looked like he got little bruise here and there but Looks fine. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I don't think I don't think Masvidal is gonna have a chance to knock out Usman like he's had in the past few fights. Yeah. My thing is, I I I'm a really big Jorge Masvidal fan, and I have nothing against him. If he was to win this fight, I wouldn't be mad. Um, but my thing is, we haven't really seen him against top five competition. We saw him against um, we saw him against uh, Ben Askren who. Kind of is just kind of we didn't know like even that Robbie Lawler fight was very questionable. He won that, mm-hmm. and then after that he just he didn't he a lost specialist. His, yeah, he yeah. lost to Damian Maya and all that stuff too. And Damian Maya is no offense, he was good in back in his heyday, but right now Damian Maya is not top level competition. And, well, and it was I like just, the way he lost too was just even yeah. worse, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just think we haven't seen Jorge Masvidal against top other than like Darren Till. I think and, he did a really good job of capitalizing. Yeah, he, that's, t- he that's really capitalized. Yes. It was the fashion of which he finished people, mm-hmm. and then like his whole persona that he kind of took on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind so of it's kind of like exactly the high, so the hype train is about to be derailed. Is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I think that that think so. they're both pressure fighters, mm-hmm. and I think Kamaru Usman's a better wrestler, and Jorge's kind of he lands punches on you and keeps going. But I think we saw last fight, Colby Covington kept pushing on Kamaru, and Kamaru just pushed back. And I see, don't how, think okay. Corey's going to out-wrestle Kamaru. I mean, no. yeah, I, I don't see him out-wrestling Kamaru. I don't think he's going to out-pressure Kamaru. It, it would I have to be just like a stand-up just braid. I think the main event would be the closest fight um, on the scorecards, at least if it doesn't go to finish. And mm-hmm. so who's win? Conor McGregor, Jimmy Ferguson, who's actually going to walk away from this fight with their hand raised ultimately? I think Conor McGregor takes this fight too. Mm-hmm. I think that would, the most logical situation would be a McGregor TKO. I just don't see I don't see Tony withstanding the pressure that McGregor's going to bring forward, especially if he comes out like he did against Cowboy and oh, yeah. is, is just on one again. Because you can you can just see he he switches it up. He he gives you different looks. He knows how to play. He just knows how to play the game. Yeah. And just set people up. It's beautiful to watch, really. Uh, if you guys haven't had a chance to go watch the detail with Daniel Cormier on Conor yes. McGregor's most recent fight with with Cowboy, beautiful episode. He goes into really good detail about like the shoulder strikes and just how he's setting everything up and the way that he's moving, like his footwork. Uh, I'm kind of going off on a tangent right now. Anyway, I think McGregor it's is okay. just. It's okay. It's what people should expect from us by now. <laughs> I yeah, just think that he's. I think that he would just display again. He's on another level, and that would just really s- just skyrocket that path towards a rematch with uh, Habib. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Jones, I think I would also you, have Connor. Trying to share the same sentiments. Yeah, I think I would have Connor winning also. I think the one, yeah, like I said earlier, Ferguson gets rocked pretty much every fight at some point. He he gets rocked or touched by a good shot almost every fight. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Connor has been known for that death, that kind of that death touch, and, and everyone's felt it. And and I think it's very underrated, even in his last fight with Habib. He landed a good amount of shots on Habib in that. I think it was what was it, the third round where they stood up. I yeah. think Connor was he did look off. Connor looked really off in that fight, but I think he was landing pretty well in that third round. And I feel like everyone has kind of felt that the technique that Connor has is very underrated. And I just feel like if he touches Tony, I don't think it's gonna be instant just KO right there. But I think if he touches mm-hmm. Tony, he's not going to allow Tony to get that space and time to recover. I feel like he's going to touch Tony. Tony's going to get away for a bit, and the Connor's going to land again. And then Tony's going to not crumple, you know, kind of drop and try, you know, get on mm-hmm. his back. And then Connor's just going to land too uh, too much. And I, it's, I feel like that's how that would go. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm okay with sound like like uh, maybe going a little outlandish, maybe having these hot takes, bull predictions, but. It's got my thing on this show, so I'm going to disagree with you guys and say that Tony Ferguson retains that number one spot, and he's going to take this fight not by knockout, not by decision, but by submission. He's going to take Conor McGregor to the ground, and he's going to finish him in one of his uh, submissions. It, it could be very naked. It could be. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tony pull out something like an Oma Pallada on, on Conor McGregor. Just something uh, super no, unorthodox, no, something stupid no. that no one ever expects. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say not Dars. Not, not if you, you would have said Dars, I would have agreed with you. The Dars. <laughs> the Dars. I don't, I, I don't, think, I don't, I don't see him getting Conor in a position. Okay, to here we go. Here we go. He's, <laughs> no, no, he's not pulling out either of those two. He's not going to pull out the famed twister. He's just pu- pulling out the Peruvian necktie. He's going to finish Conor McGregor <laughs> with the Peruvian necktie. How's that bull prediction? If you guys Tony Ferguson via Peruvian necktie. If he finishes Conor, is going to be either with the rear naked choke, the guillotine, or a triangle. Those are the only three submissions I see him getting Conor in at all. <laughs> but I, I, I don't, I don't know if he gets there. <laughs> Come all right, all right. Uh, how about old here? I know that this that was my prediction uh, is Ferguson by submission. Unrealistically, proving necktie. Let me go even more unrealistically. Let's be just to wrap before we end the show. Just the boldest take you you. That one. That he'll hook and lock in immediately and finish him. Something's <laughs> no. Nah, if we're going really outlandish, I'm going with the banana split by Tony Ferguson. Uh, and he's gonna pull that banana split on you. Have you heard about that one? You haven't heard about the banana split, Ross? I I do not believe so. Blake, have you heard about the uh, banana split? A very rare submission. Mm, I mean, so I think the you first one, my, the, you the first one that actually happened. The first one that happened in the UFC actually happened uh, last year, I believe. It's actually it's happened a couple okay, times in more lower level, but it's I forget the exact form you have to get, but it's pretty much splitting your opponent's legs into a full on split in such a oh. way that you start to feel your scrotum almost ripping oh. apart, which causes you to tap. Ah, oh, it, we've only had I think we've had one in the UFC. But we've had a couple of in you know lower level pro uh, U- wow. uh, MMA. That'd be awful. Look, so look just, it up if you have. We're just look that up, up now. <laughs> we're just saying outlandish predictions, like the most outlandish prediction yeah, we could finish. Yes, yes. I'd say most... I'd say a spinning cartwheel elbow f- t- uh, <laughs> KO by Tony Ferguson. <laughs> He's gonna trip Conor McGregor. And then while Connor's on the ground, he's gonna spin into a cartwheel and Hulk Hogan elbow drop. <laughs> I was thinking he literally just jumps face. into the air and does a spinning cartwheel <laughs> and elbows him in the Bold face. Take we've all seen the thing that Tony Ferguson has had in his hands. In Tony Ferguson, every recently with those gloves. Tony Ferguson is going to whip out a baseball from his cup and start hitting Conor McGregor with the baseball. (laughs) (laughs) 
McNuggets. Let's go, let's go a little WWE on this. <laughs> Conor McGregor is going to get hit and get put up against the cage. He's going to reach through the cage and be handed by Dylan Dennis, an uh, Irish, uh, what's, what's that thing? That Irish little pole. A, a, a little uh, Finley used to have it back in the old WWE days. <laughs> and he's going to sh- smack him across the head with it, throw it out the ring while the ref's distracted. And he's <laughs> then he's gonna submit it with a rear naked Jeez. choke, and and then and then a, a Irish midget is gonna run across. <laughs> I I hate us so much. You know, we up until like these last few minutes, we we're sounding uh, pretty realistic. We we're realistic with the card. We weren't just making these stupid uh, five predictions of what could happen. But uh, the last few minutes, we really got the rails. Extra couple minutes. Man, if you. You guys are still listening. I hope you. I hope you know we're joking. We're not. We're not that high yet. <laughs> if one of these things happens, though, I want my. We're, money. we're not joking. I we're not joking. Money. Money. No. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but with all that stupid ass stuff being said, we want to thank you all for joining us on this week's discussion show. Of course, this was us predicting what card the UFC would make if we had a few months off from fighting due to this global pandemic. And then we we got put together a card to help the fans, to celebrate the fans, you know, celebrate the fighters, have all these beefs come to an end, close a book on this, get rolling with another months with fights. Of course, I've been your host, Ross. I'm joined alongside UFC correspondent Blake Campbell and not so bald, almost a full head of hair now, Jalen Johnson. Yeah. So c- congrats on that, homie. Uh, if you guys are longtime listeners, you've known Jalen. His uh, nickname used to be the Bald Beast, not so bald anymore. But that's going to do it for you guys. Of course, you can check out all of our content, all of our fun stuff on www.thefourthandlong.com. Find us on Twitter at fourthlongradio, Instagram, fourthandlongradio, Spotify, YouTube, all that fun stuff. But we. This is our weekly discussion show. This is the fights that are going to happen 100% guaranteed. 100%. Without a doubt. We saw it to the future. We got it right. It's going to happen.